This is a Vision Australia radio podcast. On Vision Australia radio, this is Vision Extra with Peter Greco. Well, fantastic news with uh, the Victorian Blind Cricket Association celebrating 100 years in uh, this particular month of March in 2023. To tell us a bit more about it, we've got uh, Doug Sloan on the line. Doug, uh, welcome and uh, congratulations to all. Yes, thanks very much, Pete. It's uh, been a, uh, a, you know, a reasonable process trying to get this uh, this dinner and what have we up and running, but to celebrate such a such an occasion of 100 years in in any sport, but blind sport is an absolutely wonderful achievement and uh, they all should be congratulated. And Doug, I'd be pretty correct in saying that it's almost been 100 continuous years, hasn't it? Because I know like um, in some other states, so the game started and then sort of had a bit of a hiatus and then resumed, but it's been pretty much continuous in Victoria, hasn't it, in that time? Look, I don't think they've ever had a break once it was formed, Pete, because I know they certainly played during the both world wars, etc. So I, I don't think that the Victorian Blind Cricket Association as such has ever had a break. That's a terrific uh, achievement in, its, in itself. Can you tell us much about the early days? I mean, I know you weren't there, despite uh, rumours of the uh, country, but um, did you know much about the early days and kind of how things got started? Look, I, I, the story is, Pete, that back in 1922, there was a couple of totally blind gentlemen listening to the old crystal radio or whatever they were listening to on them days uh, of a test match. And one of them finished his can of beer and he put (laughs) some rocks in the can and rolled it up a concrete concrete path. The guy that he was uh, having a beer with found a hunk of wood and hit the can back to him. (laughs) And that is the story that, that went around and still going around for many, many years on how actually blind cricket did start yeah. uh, with a beer can with some rocks in it in the uh, in the Raleigh Street uh, home for the home for the blind, and then it moved down to Kuyong proper, uh, which is at the rear of the association or in them days the association for the blind now in yeah. Australia. I believe the very first side to travel or blind cricket side was in 1926. And that was between South Australia and Victoria when Victoria went over to uh, to South Australia. So South Australia started blind cricket way back then too, but not not as uh, not in 1922. Mm. Uh, Philip Penn, um, who was uh, the son of Malcolm and Rosemary, who yep. I'm sure from your radio station we fully were the Penn family. Sure. The, the article was in the advertiser on the 8th of April, 1928. So going from there, I believe New South Wales also started around 1928. Queensland, of course, was was much, much later along with Western Australia. But uh, the, the first full interstate carnival where Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia uh, actually formed, I believe, was in 1950, 1952. So it has been going around for quite a while, but the interesting thing is like, the ball, you know, has changed a little, mm. but it still has the bottle tops inside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it did. Uh, the one they use currently, which is called the International Ball, 
it's a it's a, a hard plastic and that's got ball bearings in it. And Doug, interesting enough, in those early days, I guess a lot of people that worked at uh, organisations like the Association for the Blind uh, were were basket weavers and that kind of played a bit of a role as far as what the ball was made of, particularly in those early days. Yeah, the early days, uh, the piece, what was actually a woven cane ball, mm. a piece of lead in it and, uh, and bottle tops or metal of some description. Uh, the uh, Again, if you see, if, if you can ever get one of the old cane balls, and I'm not sure whether you were, when you started playing with a, uh, you actually used the cane ball or not. Guilty as charged. Yes, uh, I did. I do remember it. <laughs> well, join the club, mate. Uh, <laughs> you know, as you know, it used to get scuffed up on the concrete pitch. You had to soak it for an hour or two before the yeah. game. And if it lasted until afternoon tea, you had to soak it again. That's if yeah. it lasted. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sure, the basket shops or the basket weaving uh, here at the RBIB and I'm pretty sure even at the RBS in South Australia, you know, they, they all used to make them. Yeah. And then in the mid-70s, they actually changed it from the cane ball to the black nylon ball. But that was also woven as well, wasn't it? That was sort of similar to the cane ball in terms of um, the way it was made up. Oh, yes, yes, but basically exactly the same. You had to make the eight-rib frame out of wire, et cetera, et cetera. Then you weaved, weaved it around the eight-wheel frame, so the, the technique was was exactly the same, just using different materials. And I think I'm right in saying that uh, the conventional cricket ball is um, between five and a half and six ounces. I, I can't do the metric conversion. And I think the kind of idea was to get the cane ball or the woven nylon ball to kind of be about the same weight, even though it might have been uh, a little bit bigger. Yeah, look, a fraction bigger. Naturally, they weren't they weren't as round as the normal uh, normal cricket ball. But you are right. I don't know the metric conversion because every time you <laughs> speak about a cricket ball, oh, it weighs between five and a half and six ounces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still use that today. And, of course, um, we, as I said, have sort of graduated to the uh, international ball. The rules, in a sense, have changed, but also, in a way, not much. I mean, the way the game is played, I mean, now – uh, we play, uh, you know, batsmen in uh, two batsmen in at the same time. Whereas in the old days, it was one batsman in, and and then um, they make make a run and then walk back to the uh, batting crease. It has changed quite a bit, really, Pete, compared to in our days. A single-ended cricket is now, you know, batsmen both ends like like your conventional cricket. There's catching, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, but it still has to be bowled underarm. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's one of the main things, and I don't think that will ever get changed. Yeah, we're talking about uh, blind cricket in Victoria being 100 years old. It was played in other countries, but again, the rules were very uh, different, and even the balls were very different. So I guess in terms of standardising the game, that's a fairly recent thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, the, the, most of the countries now have gone away from their traditional ball. Like, for, in, uh, for instance, the, the British blind cricket side, they actually used a volleyball with uh, ball bearings in it. Okay. And they actually bowled that overarm. You know, if, you've, if you've ever tried to bowl a volleyball overarm, mate, you, yeah. you, need, you need a big hand on you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, they're, they're all gone now to the plastic international ball because they all want to play international cricket and there's no good using, using a different ball. And when you go overseas to India or Pakistan or South Africa or wherever they're going to go, then to try and get used to another ball. The current ball, I believe, is more for the batsman. 
because it's it's what I call you now sweep cricket because that's all they do is just basically sweep the ball. Unlike it when we played, Pete, you you know if you're a good enough bowler like you know like you were on the odd day, you could you know, bounce it up <laughs> around the bowler's ears. But, sorry, the batsman's ears. But now with the new with this in, international ball, you can't do it. Yes, that's so you're saying um, because the ball tends to keep very low, it's a, a much safer shot to play the sweep on on the majority of occasions. Yes, yeah. But yeah. of course, you know, you get your, you know, your, your, your reasonable P3 cricketers, I mean, they'll straight drive you or, or smack you back over your head or whatever. I, I believe we played an era where it was more of a challenge to make a run. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Doug, because some of the scores that are made, even the T20 matches are enormous. And as you say, uh, uh, kind of batting does seem to be a bit easier. It, uh, it's more trying to limit the score rather than trying to get batsmen out, I think. It is, yes. I mean, if you can limit the score, you, you, you're doing pretty well. Uh, in our days, uh, Pete, you know, if you... You've you batted for your 10 overs, you've made 30, particularly from the, the Parsley's perspective. You had to retire, you know, and stuff like that. Where now, an opening partnership or first drop, they can bat for the full 20 overs. And one of, one of the other things that uh, blind cricket has done very successfully, and in a sense ahead of its time, I mean, I know we've had wonderful success with the Australian uh, women's cricket team in recent days, but, um, you know, women who are blind or had low vision played blind cricket from a, a very early age. And in that time, that was kind of a little bit unique, particularly compared to, to um, you know, other sports. So we were very welcoming of uh, having a female participation, weren't we? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, I, I'm not sure when the first uh, female actually started playing blind cricket, uh, probably before our time, if we want to be precise. I mean, yeah. uh, both you and I would remember, say, Joy Forster, Liz, uh, Liz uh, McHenry, yeah. you know, and, and people like that, that that played for their respective states. But I'm sure, you know, going back, you know, there were females. I think nowadays to try and get the juniors involved in cricket or in any blind sport, really, uh, as you know, Pete, it's, uh, there's that many blind sports now or sports mm. for the vision impaired compared to when you and I started. And, you know, they'll only play X amount of sport. But what we've noticed particularly with the other sport that I'm involved in, in golf. They're not really interested in getting out there and enjoying, you know, the the wind and the rain and the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're, they're, they're more interested in staying at home on their iPads or their iPhones. I think it's a bit of a reflection of society in general, isn't it, Doug? Uh, yes, without, it is, they sound yes. like a couple of grumpy old men, but uh, that is a bit of a reflection. And, and uh, I know recently the NCIC uh, games were on in in, in, uh, in Brisbane, actually, this time around, and there's a combined Tasmanian ACT team, and Tasmania have kind of been part of the scene off and on over the years as well, haven't they? So uh, the game has kind of extended uh, right across Australia and even over into West Australia too. Yes, it has. I mean, it's great to see it uh, revamp back in back in Tasmania. Yeah, they, they did join join up with the ACT, but I think down the track they will be able to have a standalone uh, team. Mm. Western Australia, you know, they're, they're now a standalone. South Australia is standalone. Back in the early 70s, you know, South Australia had to borrow some from other states. Western Australia had to do it, you know, from Queensland, New South Wales or Victoria. But the the, the group in Tasmania that is setting it up, uh, in, uh, Inclusion Innovations, they're very confident about getting a, a standalone blind cricket side uh, within 12 months. And, Doug, one of the highlights of playing blind cricket um 
particularly in those early days, if you like, was the the carnivals. Every two years uh, between sort of Christmas and New Year, they'd get underway for a couple of weeks or so, and they were enormous as far as the, the socialising, the integration, the kind of uh, conviviality that took place. That, that was a real highlight for a blind cricketer, wasn't it? Oh, look, it certainly was. I mean, you know, they, they play the NCIC now. Uh, that's done and dusted within, you know, three or four days. Uh, <laughs> most of it's only 2020 cricket to go away, uh, you know, before, for a full carnival. Queensland, South Australia, New South Wales, Victoria, you know, played each other two or three times mm. uh, uh, over that period. Uh, and, and you didn't go away for a week. You went away for 10 or 12 days. Yeah. And like you say, you know, the, the mates that you meet and the mates that you keep, from them carnivals is, is is fantastic, and you know I've got some great memories, uh, Peter. After I lost uh, losing my sight, uh, well, before I lost my sight, I couldn't stand stand cricket, but I I needed to do something because I wasn't allowed to play football or anything. Well, I couldn't, you know, and and I really enjoyed it, and and to organise this dinner or to help organise this dinner through uh, the help of BSRV. Uh, it is, is fantastic and I'm looking forward so much to the night and also on the Saturday uh, back home uh, for the Victorian Blind Cricket Association at Keyong. That's coming up on uh, Friday, March the 24th, which will be in a, an enormous evening, uh, lots of memories and uh, lots of reminiscing and a, a few maybe tall tales told too, Doug, I, I, I would just uh, guess. Well, I'm sure there will be, Pete, I'm <laughs> sure, you know, for, from taking two wickets, you took four from four, you're taking five and... <laughs> Yeah, I remember making 10 runs to win a game, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, there's going to be a lot of, lot of reminiscing. We have past players and, uh, and officials coming down from, you know, well, from Queensland, South Australia, New South Wales, of course, here in Victoria. It's just going to be a, a, a wonderful night on the 24th. Um, I believe there's already 180 odd tickets being sold. Fantastic. Which is fantastic. Doug Sloan there talking about 100 years of blind cricket in Victoria being celebrated on March 24th. Go to our Facebook page and we've got all the links up there if you'd like to go along. That is it for the program. If you've missed some of them, maybe you'd like to hear it again. You can search for Vision Extra on the iTunes Store, on Spotify, or your favourite podcast service. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Visit varadio.org for more. Vision Australia Radio. Blindness. Low vision. Opportunity.